You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. We're your Auburn fans. Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Ben King to talk about A-Day and all the battle royales that went on. QB Battle Royale in this Woo, corner. Running back Royale. Oh, yeah, that's and true. And wide receiver Royale. I mean, you've got everyone. all in line. Yeah, everyone. Everyone's fighting for their positions. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do in spring game. So it's good to see. And these guys really came out to perform. If you got to see A-Day, you would be, I mean, I was amazed. Excited. At how fast this offense was going and how productive they were compare that to last year's a day <laughs> where i mean sure we had jared sit him out with an injury but oh my gosh this year had so much electricity so many touchdowns it was just fun to watch and that's what Auburn fans are here for is for some fun exciting offense um and now gus malzahn uh is leading the charge on the offensive side, even though this a day I found out was uh, called by Kenny Dillingham. At least the plays were, I'm sure Gus pretty much wrote him the script and said, here, call all these <laughs> plays, but still um, it was still like uh, Gus Malzahn in his offense and it's entire. Well, not entirety, but like in the small bits and pieces. And he really like overall offensively kind of messed with the defense, which I was very impressed with considering how good Kevin Still and Auburn's defense is um, to be able to pretty much make a fool of them at points. Um, but hey, the defense ended up back, back like bouncing back, and uh, they made some incredible plays themselves. Ben, overall, what did you think of A Day and uh, the experience that fans got to experience um, for it? Well, I uh, guaranteed before this A Day that it would be ten times better than last year, and. <laughs> the weather delivered, the players delivered, Auburn University delivered. It was fantastic. And uh, that's that's what you want when you have a spring practice game, right? You don't want to be sitting in the rain watching us not be able to put it in the end zone for however long last year dragged on for, which felt like hours. <laughs> yes. Uh, you want some explosive plays. You want to see not not too much, but enough to, you know, wet your whistle. Get you excited about the season that's coming up. And I think we got that. That that's really all I was looking for was just to see some good quarterback play because that's really my biggest question going into the season. And, you know, both, uh, well, all will say this, like the players say, all four quarterbacks came to play. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was definitely in their script. Yeah, cards. so much coach speak going on in the postgame interviews. But yeah, yeah, Auburn trains them up well. So, uh. I, I was happy with it. It was a good good yeah. day on the planes. Yeah, and uh, not only that, but you got to see the running backs duking it out. Uh, we're fully expecting at this point for uh, probably Bowie Whitlow to be out there as our number one, but closely followed by it was just going to probably be just a bunch of different guys. Um, running back by committee is what they're calling it. Uh, but it's, it's after a few games, you're going to see a really strong order. what do you think of the running back play? Um, and then later on, 
little teaser. We're going to be talking about quarterbacks. But let's start out with running backs and their their battle royale. Uh, what did you think of the running backs and how they did? Uh, you know, I, I think some of them did better than others. Uh, that Maybe that's just my, my pregame bias. I didn't see anything that changed my mind about some things I've said in prior podcasts. So I'll leave that as I uh, will. This, the new guys, I think, were very impressive, though. And Yeah, D- DJ Williams. Yeah. Uh, that guy... I mean, right now we don't have Sean Shivers in the backfield, but kind of reminded me a little of him. It's it's good to see that you know Booby's not going to be the only guy on an island. It's not going to be yeah. a carry on Johnson type year where if if he gets hurt, of course there'll be a hole to be filled, but there won't be you know no one that can fill that hole. And uh, I'm not saying. Nothing nothing against Booby. He's going to be healthy all year long. He's going to win the Heisman. So let's just put it like that. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's already calling. He's already calling. You're not you're not calling for like Bo Nix or Jer- you, Joey Gatewood. You got to wait. You're not thinking? You got to wait. They're, okay. You know what? We can split the Heisman three ways this year. <laughs> See, that's the weird thing. What if you have the three best players in college football? Does, did neither, none of them get it? Do you give it to like the fourth best guy? I don't know. That's like what happened in 2004, right? I feel like that's how it went down. Reggie Bush got it. Mr. Bush Bush. (laughs) Take that national title away and shove it. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, back to real running backs. Uh, You know, Booby is the guy who we all thought he was going to be. Cam Martin is the guy we all know he is. Malik Miller's good. (laughs) DJ Williams is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel good about the running back situation. I, not not too many questions uh, that I had beforehand, and I just feel a little bit better about it after seeing the guys play. Yeah, yeah. And it was good to see. Like I felt like last year we had some really cool play from all, uh, from our running backs last season. Um, and for uh, even though it wasn't all the way up to what we expected, it was a decent amount of running just to keep – uh, the offense going at times, I felt like we had to rely on it a little too much. Um, and that's where we would get in holes. Um, but I think now, I mean, we've seen how much, uh, we're able to pass the ball from this a day and last season. Um, and now we've got the pieces and we've got some new wide receivers that are really, really getting after it. Um, I honestly, the, the biggest guy that I, was impressed with was was dj williams you looked at him and i was thinking he looks like sean shivers but i know sean shivers is not practicing with the football team right now because he's uh doing things with the track and field team and uh for him dj williams to come out and have nine runs for 56 yards and even one of those was an impressive run where he's on the second string offense going against the first string offense and he bounces off one of the first team defenders and goes for 29 yards. Um, and you're, you're thinking, where's this freshman coming from? Uh, I've, I mean, I, I, he wasn't even on my radar. Um, and to see him come out and play with such fire is an awesome thing. Um, and then, Hey, we've got, you don't, don't forget. We've got Cadillac Williams back there as our running back coach. And, uh, if he's, uh, Getting these guys ready, already for a day. I mean, goodness knows uh, we we've got a fun season ahead for our running backs for sure. All right, let's get into the meat of it. Quarterbacks, what you feeling? How how are you doing? Are you asking me who was the best quarterback of the day? 
Yeah, and I don't I don't want Coach Pick because I'll, all the players gave Coach. I'll Pick. give you who the best quarterback was. Okay, of the legend seven on seven, it was Chris Todd, baby, back on the <laughs> plains. Got him. Record setting Chris Todd back back in Jordan Hare Stadium. Kyle Loomis's favorite player of all yeah, time. Yeah, hang that sign. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, uh, I'd say out of the four that are still eligible to play, uh, you know, <clears throat> coming into this, I I had a, a feeling of a couple players, and we know some other players. Uh, your Tim Tebow look alike. <clears throat> I just don't see it. Lefty. I just don't see it, but. There is a lookalike who we we won't compare him to who he looks like because he doesn't like that. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess. But uh, I feel like one of the players on the team can open the floodgates and bring the wood. That's Joey Gatewood. <laughs> he uh, he stepped it up for real. I don't remember seeing him play really at all last year, and I remember a day and it was terrible. And to see Joey Gatewood come out and sling the ball around and make some moves. That was impressive. That was something that I was really hoping to see. And for him to be able to show us, even in you know a scrimmage that doesn't matter or whatever, the the progress he's made at the quarterback position has been awesome. Yeah, and Joey last year, if people didn't remember how poorly he played, he netted <laughs> when he was on offense zero so bad. yards. Zero. And he was on the field a lot because – Guess what? We didn't have they both our were. number one return. Joey and Willis. Yeah. yeah. It was just miserable. Miserable to watch these guys. And now to see Joey Gatewood coming in his second year. He's you can tell he is confident and he's got a mental change. Like so I started to think back on it and comparing it to something that recently just happened. So back in the NCAA tournament, Auburn had Chumo Kiki sadly go down. And what does Daniel Pierrefoy, who for most of the season gets very minimal amounts of minutes, and what does he do after? He comes out and he's a starter. And he's able to make things happen. He's been able to make three-pointers where I have never seen Daniel make that many free th- or three-pointers in the whole season. And I'm, I'm relating that back to that just because Daniel, I think at that moment, had a, a shift in his mind. Like Joey Gatewood is having a shift in his mind. Well, I'm not just the backup. I'm actually the starter. I'm playing. I have a potential to start, and that, and it, like he is going to change the way he's going to play, because last year he was behind. He was really behind Stidham, and then the very well established Malik Willis as backup. So he was thinking, man, at best, at very best, I'm third string. And I'm not probably going to get to play. And sure enough, he didn't the whole season. But that shouldn't have been the way he his mindset was coming into the season last season. And now you're seeing that shift where he's feeling very comfortable. And the, I think the players are really getting behind him, which is really cool um, to see that he, in all of his failures from last, last year's A-Day, they're pretty much in the past. People aren't going to be talking about that. They're going to be talking about his uh, 123 yards passing and two touchdowns. And then also just the ability for him, I think, to make some fantastic reads. And, I mean, even for the quarterbacks not being live, he looked extremely active. 
And that's that's something cool. Like I that brought back some great feelings of uh, very mobile quarterbacks that we used to have. Yeah, don't you say it. He doesn't like it. I'm not going to say Gaywood, it. I, I Gaywood is it. his own man. Gaywood is his own man and doesn't want to be compared to the big number two. And I didn't say his name. <laughs> you know, the guy that but, you have to walk by a statue when you go into the student section? Oh, yeah, that one? Yeah, that one. He he also does a Superman. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that, yeah. He, he's, he's pretty well known. He also pretty much coined the dab. That's yeah, true. That, he that, did. That, yeah. Pretty cool. That right? was uh that was pre video games doing dancing or whatever. <laughs> I guess so. I guess before Fortnite man, took that over. I am so old now. <laughs> <laughs> We're old farts. Oh man. This is man. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I think go Joey uh definitely put his name in the hat as uh you know, guy who has been here and he's the man to beat. Uh I honestly uh, Malik Willis, while I don't want to see him touch the field at the quarterback position this coming year, <laughs> he, he did you okay. Have that same feeling about like Cam Martin. He, you know what? <laughs> I, I think Cam Martin can catch punts, and I'd love to see him in that position. Just don't, you know, it's he doesn't fumble. That's okay. You know, what, yeah. whatever. Just prove me wrong, Cam Martin. Yeah. Uh, anyway, your your take on the quarterback position. What did you see? Are you agreeing with me? Yeah. Not completely. Okay. I think I think right off the bat, you can probably eliminate one, and that's Cord Sandberg. Oh, I Tim mean, Tebow isn't gonna come and play. <laughs> I guess not. The the South Ball jacked as all Tim Tebow, who played baseball and then came to Auburn, but isn't actually Tim Tebow. I mean, he's he's just a few pounds lighter, but he doesn't look anything like Tim he, Tebow. No. <laughs> exactly like uh, no he doesn't like what are you talking about bit. Uh, okay <laughs> so we had this we had this conversation come up maybe two or three podcasts ago and listeners you can go find it and uh aj said that court sandberg reminded him of tim tebow and so because he plays you know baseball what? no wait so i go and get a picture of tim tebow and put it next to court sandberg and say who would you pick in a fight <laughs> and aj said tim tebow <laughs> It doesn't matter who I'm going to pick in a fight. Well, I'm just saying, like, the, the, the I don't see the comparison. <laughs> He's a lefty. He, he has he a left. Football. Oh, came, left-handed. It, it played, played baseball, Played baseball too. and football. All right. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> if that's how you're going to compare people, like, one of the greatest uh, quarterbacks of Florida history college, and college football. I wouldn't say he's the best ever course football. No, no, no. But like he did extremely well. He was in the Heisman talks for what? Two straight years. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So whatever. Um, anyway, poor, poor court. So, so what are you saying then? So I think he's eliminated. I'm just thinking, yeah, I think he's pretty much eliminated. I mean, he made a few shorter passes, um, mostly handed the ball off. You could tell he just, he, while he's still in the top four, He's the fourth guy, and uh, I don't think that like you look at Malik Willis and Joey Gatewood, their talent itself and the ceiling for both of those players, just based on their raw talent, is much higher. Well, um, I think Court is going to be a great signal caller on the sideline, telling the plays to the real quarterbacks. I'm I'm I am okay with that <laughs> because I'm thinking this dude is a smart guy. Yep. He's mature. And if anything, having that in a quarterback room 
will play it's just exponentially how how well that can play um and to especially young guys like Bo Nix who uh he's what 18 19 years old and he's he's he I mean coming into college he already is a pretty competent football player um but he needs a little bit more maturity and you even saw that in one of the plays where Gus had to uh, pretty much intervene and say we need to check out of this play and just Bo Nix with his inexperience with running Auburn's offense didn't realize that. So Gus pretty much had to intervene. So there's some growing room for him. Um, but Bo Nix overall had a really phenomenal day. He was exactly what we were hoping he would be. Uh, at least in a day, 11 of 14 for 155 yards, had a couple touchdowns, uh, did end up having an interception, uh, which he pretty much threw right to the linebacker. Uh, but then was fumbled back to the offense so you know <laughs> make that what you will but it was still an interception goes on the stat sheet two turnovers um, right in a row yeah um but for for Bo Nix he's technically categorized as a pocket passer he was the number two pocket passer in the 2019 class wait uh or 2018 class it, I guess or 20 whatever that the last one was he, technically, I thought he was a mobile quarterback he is a mobile quarterback no, but I, he was the number two pocket passer okay I could have sworn I that know. I saw. I was kind of shocked because I, I remember seeing him on twenty four seven sports or whatever that is that has all the rankings, and I thought he was mobile. I mean, go look it up. Yeah, and, I, I will. Know, maybe nope, I, just, I think you're. Yeah, go look. It I'm up. sure you're right. Uh, if I had a a laptop here, I would go. But I use my phone, so look at me. I am a millennial. Ha. Yeah, but he he's a pretty. I mean, he. He's what we expected him to be, which is a really good sign for Auburn. Um, we were before, uh, I mean, we were hoping he would be just about as good as what he had been advertised. Um, leading his team in high school to two state uh, championships, state championships. Um, and you can tell his leadership, even as a freshman, his maturity, while it's not completely there, I feel like it is getting there. And, Hey, we're we're like what three months away from actually, or four months away from actual football, and he's got plenty of time under um, Kenny Dillingham as his quarterbacks coach to figure out some more stuff. Um, I think one of the biggest things with with determining who I think will be the quarterback next year is, and I hope Gus sees this and he goes after and thinks about this: is the quarterback that you're going to play in the 2019 football season, is that going to be the guy that has the most ceiling right now? Because I really hope it is. I hope you look at which one of, right now I'm saying the the top three, Malik Willis, Bo Nix, and Joey Gatewood, which of those three has the highest ceiling? I'm already kind of feeling, and nothing against Malik Willis, you can probably say we already kind of know what to expect with him. He's got some decision-making issues um while he's a very talented uh athletic guy i feel like both joey gatewood and bo Nicks are just that much better um and their ceiling is that much better now i'm not sure which one at this point really has the higher ceiling but from from looking at a day i was thoroughly impressed with bo Nix. um and right now he's the guy that i'm really feeling um will be the guy that we look at and say this guy can really play um, and run our offense. Um, he 
had some fantastic runs. There was even one where you've probably seen it. He pretty much could have run for like 50 yards. It was one of those where he just made a move on a guy and just like shot out of the field. And it was very impressive. Uh, sadly, he was blown, da- blown dead. But that's the kind of fun talent. And I, I tried to like relate him back to somebody um, that Auburn fans are a little bit more uh, aware of. And I was thinking back to um, Sean White even. But I think he's even quicker and more uh, more competent than Sean White. Um, he's going to be the guy that if things start breaking down, I trust him to make the right decision and make it out, um, and get some positive yards out of it. Um, so that's kind of my take on it. Uh, I mean, we still haven't even played an official game with, uh, Bo Nix in it, but right now I'm, I'm on the Bo Nix train and, uh, I think his ceiling right now is just a smidge more than Joey Gatewood. Although they're really right at each other. Um, so that's what I'm hoping. Um, what do you think of Bo Nix? Coming in, I thought Bo Nix was going to be incredible. Just because of the fact that he came in from the high school ball winning back-to-back state championships. So uh, he definitely impressed me on the field as well. The The one leg up that I think Gatewood has is, it, and it really depends on the offense that Gus decides to run. That's where, you know, and maybe they could both, they're similar players. Gatewood definitely has them on size, though. And Gatewood might have a little bit additional experience. Maybe not like the big game experience, but that's high school. So it's a different different bit of uh, the play. But he's at least seen college ball for a year. That's where I give Gatewood the edge. However, you're right. You know, Bo Nix coming in, uh, being a legacy quarterback, and just lighting it up on the field. It It's a good feeling to know that we have two very competent quarterbacks on the team that could lead us to victory either way. Yeah, and that's a fantastic place for us to be. Uh, I mean, think about even last year where we knew Jarrett Stidham was going to be our guy in 2018. But, I mean, even still, you, you saw well, that we didn't have that. We really didn't have a backup. If we yeah, had to play Willis... A-Day. I didn't really think we could win games. <laughs> We'd lose every game. <laughs> yeah. And now I feel like if we either go with Bo Nix or Joe Gatewood, you've got two great quarterbacks. And maybe even this year, I mean, if Malik Willis is passing to second strings, which he was, and he's able to do what he did of seven of eight for 63 yards and even a touchdown, he might be a potential. I mean, I'm not going to say he's he's our guy, but he he's, I'm sure, still in the mix. I think when you have live ball and people come at him, it's not going to be the same type yeah. of Malik Willis. You're fair. Yeah, I mean, that's very fair. I mean, I mean, the defense is not allowed to blitz the quarterback right now, so we don't want to have injuries or anything like that. They can still rush, but it's it's not going to be like like it was last year, you know. And maybe the offensive line is doing very well, you know, even the second string one to give him some, you know, quote unquote protection yeah. in an A day scrimmage. But still, like, I don't know. I'm not counting Willis out, but I kind of am. <laughs> if that's is that okay? <laughs> sure. I mean, Pro- prove me wrong, Malik Willis. Yeah. Um. And and it, I think a lot of people see the top two as Joey and Bo. Uh, you, you probably are naturally going to feel towards those just because you see the raw talent that they have. Um. And that's just the way most people are going to go. 
let's let's talk about who did you think it, it was the standout of our, our wide receiver group, uh, at least so far in this A Day game. Uh, I mean, I I can't say anyone but Seth Williams, even though we did have a handful of other wide receivers that looked fantastic. But you you can't be uh Mr. W. Uh, dubs because he's going to have double coverage every single game. <laughs> uh, Seth Williams out there, who, you know, is probably one of the best wide receivers I've seen Auburn have in a long time. And that's saying something, because we have had some fantastic wide receiver talent come through Auburn, but no one attacks the ball like Seth Williams does. It's it's ridiculous at his ability to catch the ball in really anywhere on the field. He can catch in coverage. He can run run deep. It's it's uh he's an all around player. So really, we're gonna probably utilize him the most if we can get the ball to him. And then if not, you know, there's a handful of other wide receivers that really showed up at a day that proved they're not only competent but athletic and potential all stars in their own. Yeah, and Seth Williams, you can tell, is the leader on our wide receiver core team. Uh, he makes all the great, great catches, um, quarterbacks connect well with him. Uh, he does the things that you need to, to get open. Um, and he, he can blow past guys, uh, even though they know what kind of speed he has. Um, even Seth Williams. Okay. He, he made a pretty bold statement. So you know how Auburn's, uh, we pride ourselves in being the running back you, well, he wants Auburn to become wide receiver U. Do you think we'll ever turn into that? Well, I mean, we have like twelve wide receivers deep. So <laughs> I'd say right now we're uh, we're a lot deeper at wide receiver than we have been, especially for the past couple of years, than we have been at running back. So uh, you know, we can just be football U at this point. Hey, that's just crank everyone me. out. And uh, yeah, uh, I think we can turn into be a wide receiver U. Um, but I don't think it'll happen under a Gus Malzahn because we rely a little bit too much on the running backs, which mm-hmm. I think is fine. Um, with the way we run our offense, we can run the ball and we can also spread you out with passing. So I don't know if we'll ever turn into wide receiver you, at least in the near future, but Hey, I'm okay with that. We, we have some phenomenal talent and that's nothing to take away from these guys. Um, but we're, I think we're getting to the point where, Wide receivers are taking a serious look at Auburn, um, where uh, before uh, they might not have seriously looked at us. They might have looked at a team uh, that would have been a, a more you know, a team that uses the wide receiver a little bit more. Uh, a, a guy that we hadn't seen, Eli Stove. We hadn't seen him in over a year um, because of having a torn ACL and going through recovery uh, from his surgery. Uh, he came out with a fire under him. Uh, he had four catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he, he's going to be, say I was uh, in our last podcast, we were talking about where do we think Eli Stove is going to fit in? Because he, uh, he was our speed sweep guy and then he got injured. Uh, we've got Anthony Schwartz uh, and he can do that. But what do you think? Uh, what do you think about Eli Stove? Because at least in a day, he was kind of like the, you know, the intermediate to short kind of guy, short pass kind of guy. Do you think that's where he's going to fit into with this offense? We have to fill the Ryan Davis spot, so he could potentially do that. We also have to fill the deep threat, so he could potentially do that. I mean, 
it's the, the the one thing that's really nice about our wide receiver talent is we don't have guys that just fit into little cookie cutter spots anymore. I feel like even with the depth we had last year and the year prior, you knew what some players were going to do. You knew the routes they were going to run, and you knew what they were good at and what their key was. But now I feel like we can mix it up a little bit more and maybe throw some defenses off because we have players that can do multiple different route running. Yeah. You know, we don't have to have one guy go deep every time. We don't have to have one guy go over the middle, which we never did. But, you know, if we had, then we probably would have had a lot more yards, and that's fine. Uh, So I I think Eli can kind of fit in wherever we decide. And and once again, I, I know I've said this a lot, but it really depends on what type of offense we run. You know, I'm not sure... 100% 100% what Gus's offense is going to look like with this group. I don't know if he can adapt to kind of the amount of talent we had uh, or we have on the team versus, you know, like what we had in 2013. 2013 is really what I compare stuff to because that was truly a Gus on play called offense. And it was a run first and run off an offense. And now that we have so many wide receivers, it's going to be really interesting to see how do we take a Gus Malzahn offense and transform it into something that is a little more pass heavy than what we've seen in the past. Yeah. And still keep the offense going very quick. Um, yep. so that's, that's the new balance of what I think this offense uh, has a little bit of a question mark of how we're going to do that. Um, I think they'll be able to figure it out. It's just, what are they going to do? Uh, another guy that really stood out to me besides Seth Williams and Eli Stove uh, was Matthew Hill. He led yes, the sir. team with 128 yards. Uh, he didn't, he was redshirted last season. Um, but Hey, look at him now. Like he, he's really coming in to being a phenomenal, uh, counterpunch in a way to Seth Williams. Uh, and he, he's got some really quick speed. Um, and even Hill himself thinks of himself more like a Ryan Davis even though it seemed like this game or this A day, we tended to go a lot longer passes with him. He's typically he feels like get him the space, give him the ball, and if he has any space, he'll make a guy miss. Um, and then you saw that at the end of scrimmage, uh, he got a tunnel screen uh, and then went for thirty five yards. Uh, and that's the kind of fun type play that Auburn, when we're running our tunnel screens well. Um, we can make, I mean, a little short screen pass turn into a explosive play. Um, so that's the kind of thing I, I'm looking forward to, especially with these new guys is seeing, uh, for example, Matthew Hill, is he going to be the new Ryan Davis? Or are we going to go to somebody like Eli Sove? Or we, man, hey, we could have two guys on opposite sides of the ball. Um, it's crossing or, all day yeah, long. Just going after it. Yeah, I think Matthew Hill is going to be the beneficiary of uh... – Seth W, double coverage, uh, picking up that extra guy. Because Matthew Hill has the ability just like Seth Williams does. Uh, it's going to be very exciting to see quarterbacks, whoever the quarterback ends up being, connecting with these wide receivers. Yeah, very true. Um, and one guy that we haven't even mentioned, uh, that's I feel like they're still trying to figure out what he's going to do, is Harold Joyner. Uh, is he going to be a tailback? Is he going to play more of a slot receiver? What is he? Yeah, gonna I was do? really hoping to see him be more of a runner, but I mean, I guess we're kind of deep in both places. I know, I know. And he ended up having three catches for twenty-eight yards. 
but then also had six catches for 21 yards. So he's productive in both running and passing. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know like how we're going to fit him in. I feel like the coaches still need to figure that out, but Hey, if he is like somebody like I'm thinking carry on Johnson, where if you give him a little rollout or something, uh, and he's got some great hands, which you can tell he does. He could play a, a really neat, unique route or a unique role in this offense. Of you don't know what he's going to do, but he's he's a big boy, and he will be able to run downhill if he needs to. Uh, anything else about uh, offense and what you thought of it overall? Uh, you know, it it gave me what I wanted. I wanted to see some offensive production. I wanted to see some players light it up. And uh, I wanted to see us, you know, score some touchdowns versus what we had last year. Yeah. And uh, checked all three of the boxes. Appreciated it. Put it in the books. Thank you for a good A day. Uh, happy, happy with the offense in the first half at least. Yeah. And I mean, in the second half they're doing a bunch of mixing and matching of players. Yeah. Um, but another thing uh, I forgot about this, but I don't know how I did because it was our biggest question mark last year was offensive line. What are we going to do with them, and how are they going to? come together i didn't have any issues any issues with offensive line this game they're a unit that's that's just gus tied their feet together and sent them to class in one (laughs) single line so he he took your advice they did uh he listens to this every single week hey gus (laughs) hi you know Uh, he before a day we said that we wanted the quarterbacks to be a little more alive and they did yeah it wasn't like uh you know you cross the the line of scrimmage and you're down type play. Sure. It was nice. At least they got like a two hand touch. He didn't bring out the flags. Like we said, you know, yeah, maybe it wasn't, eh. it was a little too short. You know, you can listen to these as soon as they come out, Gus, you don't have to wait so long, but <laughs> you know, next year. Yeah. Next flag year. football. Yeah. For at least the quarterbacks, because we still, I mean, who doesn't oh, like yeah. a good hit? And, and no, I think that, sure. that, that transition as well over to defense, because I'm a man who played defense and I love defense. Um, that is, uh, I, as much as I love offense and explosiveness of offense, I love a good hit and we got some pretty good hits. I mean, for being a day, we got some good hits. And, uh, one of the guys, uh, this, one of the guys we've had in the past, Daniel Thomas, um, he had a phenomenal 2018 season and he had a couple great open field tackles, um, ended up with four on the day. Um, it's good to see. Uh, some even some young guys. I mean, we we've seen, uh, especially at linebacker, that we need. Uh, we had all three of our main senior linebackers. They're they're gone now, um, so now we have to fill in that gap. And uh, I think TD Moultrie um, did a great job. Or, J, or sorry, KJ Britt. I'm sorry, yes, sir. KJ Britt um, is leading. He's really leading the linebackers. Um, even though he only had one tackle during a day. I feel like his leadership um, is going to play a big role in how well this this linebacker core is going to do. One guy that uh, is good to see. Uh, You see the young guys. You see the new guys that are on campus. um, And I'm going to butcher his last name uh, because I've forgotten how you say it. But Owen Papau. Papau! (laughs) I guess. I guess that's how you say his name. He's a true freshman. if you remember this year, five-star linebacker, um, plenty of talent and comes in and makes three tackles during a day. Um, really good, um, way for him to get started. 
Um, and if he's doing these kind of things during scrimmages, uh, he, uh, that's probably a good sign of what, what kind of potential he has. Uh, I, I'd be remiss on our defensive side uh, to mention, or not to mention, Derek Brown. Uh, because mm. he, I mean, goodness knows, him and Nick Coe, I'm so happy they're coming back because I feel like both of them easily, very easily could have gone to the NFL. Oh, um, yeah, and been drafted. Yeah. Nick Coe for sure. Yeah, and for both of them on our front four to come back, you just saw there were there were times when they were facing, I mean, they would get into the backfield, um, and it was just, it was so beautiful. <laughs> it was wonderful to see because – I mean, we really hadn't seen that since somebody like Jeff Holland, um, since a mud. And now we, I'm hoping somebody like a Derek Brown is starting to fill in the, the role of being a really good pass rusher. But also, I feel like Derek Brown did a great job of also stopping the run. Um, so you got both sides of it with Derek Brown. Um, ended up with two sacks and four tackles. Um very happy to see him come back for his senior season and uh, finish out and get his degree. Um, it's just amazing to see how talented he is and what, how much pressure we can get on quarterbacks. Um, so excited for that. Um, as far as uh, this was pretty neat. So another position that I watched very intently um, is the DBs and the safeties, both of those, because I, I'm always curious to see how are these guys going to um, fill the gaps uh, where we don't have guys um, that we, we had before. I mean, you don't have Jordan Peters. You don't have, um, well, I guess from a couple years back. I mean, you don't have guys that are just really very impressive. Um, and what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to step into this? And uh, that that's the part where Christian taught, um, uh, uh, Javaris Davis, um, Roger McCreary, um, Jamie and Sherwood. I mean, even Jamie Sherwood uh, had seven tackles, uh, and six of those were fantastic solo tackles. Um, those are the kind of defensive players that I'm really excited to see um, make some great impacts on on this defensive side. Um, and everybody knows Kevin Stills; he's going to get these guys uh, ready to go, even though. Sure, there was lots of offense, but the defense did do a lot of really great things. Um, what do you think overall of our defense? You know, defense, uh, I feel like every single year it's next man up. And it's incredible that Kevin Seals been able to make our program that type of defensive uh, you know, force again. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that. And I feel like the past couple years... Every single year, I'm always wondering how are we going to answer, you know, the holes that get filled by the or that that get emptied by the guys and who's going to fill them that go pro. And every single year, once again, Kevin just fills in the the holes the next man up. And because we rotate so many guys during the season, we get kind of glimpses of them and they get the experience. So when they do have the next man up, they already have that that tenacity that they need in order to fill the hole perfectly or even better sometimes. And it's ridiculous. So, uh, you know, I, I honestly had my eyes set on the offense just because of the offensive struggles we had last year. Defense, I expected to come out and take care of business like they do day in and day out. And, uh, you know, once again, had a, a couple turnovers. So it's cool. And, you know, it's good. 
Yeah. Defense is great. Um, yeah, and I, I think it, for the most people, they were paying attention to our explosive offense, and rightly so. Um, that was something we got to see glimpses of, well, I guess a lot of, honestly, in the bowl game against Purdue. And we were thinking, man, I really hope under whoever our next quarterback is that we're going to be able to carry that on. And I think that answered the question. But the solid standard is our defense. And that that's that's a pretty neat thing that while we're trying to figure out what we're going to do in offense with which quarterback and which running back are we going to heavily rely on and which wide receivers and what routes are they going to run? Uh, which routes are they best at? Um, that despite all that, our defense is a pretty solid um, unit. As far as special teams, uh, we had a, I mean, that was, that was another solid unit. I mean, this is about as good of an eight a day as I've ever seen. Um, Daniel Carlson, uh, extra points. He got them all. Uh, he also had a 46 yard, uh, field goal. Um, so good to see him feeling pretty comfortable, um, hitting a long field goal. Um, even if the guys aren't coming at him full steam, uh, it's good <laughs> to see him, uh, shake off a little mental dust of, uh, the long misses that he had, uh, from last season. As long as we aren't lining him up from 50 plus with the wind blowing. Yeah his first game out, then, you know, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Aaron Sippus, uh, Australian Aaron had Australian Aaron. He always, you can tell had some great punts. Um, I think even one of them was like a 60 yarder. Um, and you're just thinking, man, this guy, this guy, let's, let's just give him the ball for backed up. I don't, I don't care. Like if we just need to <laughs> get it out, he's the guy to do it. Um, so that's really cool. Um, I still feel like we we play well. We didn't really use punt returners. Um, it pretty much just threw a guy back there. Um, had the long snapper punter. Punter would kick it to a, the uh, punt returner, and that would be about it. The guy would catch it, or it would go out of bounds. Um, and we didn't really get to see who who's got the shifty moves, um, but. I think that'll be something that uh, that we'll get to see very, very soon. Um, hey, Ben, even if you're – we didn't get to see Cam Martin out there. But, nope. hey, maybe we're holding him out. Because um, that moves like Martin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah, but special teams, solid outing. Um, ben, any other things that you want to discuss about A-Day? Uh, no, man. Yeah, we. I think in A-Day you come for the offense – and uh, you stay for the Auburn atmosphere, and you know it. It it didn't really rain. It was a pretty day. It was good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, coming into it, I was expecting defense like we're usually expecting. They know what kind of plays you're about to call. It's not like we open up the playbook that much for a day, uh, but yet we still had some really fun explosive plays, and you got to I see guess, some raw talent from that. Yeah, the only thing that you don't want is someone to get hurt. And uh, we didn't unfortunately have one injury on the day. Yeah, with Chandler Wooten. Yeah, but you know, with all that aside, uh, fantastic a day, great, great scrimmage. Looking forward to hearing more and uh, from the first fifteen days of spring practice. And you know, the one thing from after that I still think that we we need an answer on, and we might get this pretty soon is just the the order in which Gus is thinking the quarterbacks are at. Yeah. 
I mean, I think I have my order. I think you might have a little bit of a different order. Yeah. And that right there shows me that, uh, you know, the battle royale for quarterback is uh, is going strong right now. So it's going to be interesting to see which way we lean, what, where we go from here. And then once it's named, at least a, a leader, not, not necessarily a starter, I'm sure. Gus is going to wait for the, you know, night before the first game against Oregon to actually name a starter yeah, or something officially. like that. He's done that in the past. Which, uh, uh, to some extent, that's kind of strategic because you don't want yeah, to. Yeah, it's like, who are you going yeah. to be playing against? But Which, I think he'll he'll make a decision uh, like closer to the very first game, but that's just the way it is. But honestly, it, you might be able to figure it out just based on player interviews or what you're hearing about practices, who's getting more reps. I have a feeling you're about to start hearing some some information, especially come August when things are getting down to crunch time, who's going to be the actual quarterback before it's officially announced. Yeah, but I don't want to wait till August. I mean, I, I wouldn't now. either. I mean, and I think <laughs> Gus, I mean, I Gus want the wanted, players to start rallying around a guy. Yeah. And Gus wanted it to be as close to, uh, the end or even in spring, but it's really hard. It, it's really tough. And that's why even in some of the practices, uh, Gus had the quarterbacks actually go live. Um, because that's uh, that's something that's the little bit of an it factor. What what is a guy who's two hundred fifty pounds coming at your face? What are you gonna do? <laughs> and he's not playing two hand <laughs> touch. He's gonna hit you. What are you gonna yep. do? Um, that that really helps the coaching staff figure that out. So I, I, there's still I mean, the quarterbacks. I mean, it, I think it's between Gatewood and Bo, um, and that that's the way it's gonna be. Um, I mean, Malik May squeak in there but i i have a feeling he's probably going to end up transferring after this season or maybe even before the season i hope not oh. <laughs> because i hope not um because it would be nice to have him uh in some sort of athletic role um this season yep uh ben before we go do you want to give everybody your contact information so they can stay in contact with you yeah you guys can hit me up anywhere on social media at b-e-n-k-1-n-g and, you know, give me the hashtag, open the floodgates, and bring the wood. <laughs> yep. And uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?